the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Hey y'all, I am not Andrea Kay, I am Amy Reichert, the co-founder of Reopen San Diego, and Andrea asked me to step in tonight to be a guest host, and we have a really important topic to discuss. Right now, vaccine mandates are still happening. I know, it's hard to believe that people are being fired over their religious beliefs, but right now at the San Diego Community College District, Three faculty were fired January 19th, and on March 2nd, they plan to fire six more. And when you hear the stories of these faculty and staff, it's just breathtaking when you know that these people are being fired for no good reason. I've, I've talked to lab technicians, school counselors, professors. I've spoken with faculty that have been on staff for over three decades at the San Diego Community College District, and they're just being thrown away. Their religious exemptions are being approved, but the district is not approving their accommodations. So what does that mean? Well, if you're a professor and you want to teach a class, well, they drop the student vaccine mandate so the students don't have to be vaccinated, but you, as a professor, are not allowed to teach in person your accommodation is denied. So really, it's a loophole, a way of getting around the religious exemption. And so one of the people that I've been talking with and having great conversations with is Dr. Tracy Kaiser. And I've invited her tonight to share her story. And when you hear it, you're just going to be blown away. She is the professor of mathematics at San Diego City College. And she's going to share her story right now. Dr. Kaiser, are you there? Yes. Hi, Amy. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. Uh, your story is really, really powerful. Can you share with me? You're actually a local San Diegan. Can you tell me about growing up here? Yes. Um, I grew up in Southeast San Diego um, by Lincoln High School. Um, I, I, was, I was born in Indiana, but I moved here since I was five. So mm. pretty much I'm from San Diego. And I lived in um, Southeast San Diego, pretty much up until I left to go to college. Um, um, and so most of my life I spent living in Southeast San Diego in a neighborhood that was infested with drugs, gangs, violence, hopelessness. So for me, education was my way out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I focused on that and succeeded um, in order for me to make it out. Education was my goal. That was my focus. Amazing. And I was a single mom for several years, and you shared with me, and we talked on the phone, that you were raised by a single mom. Yes, I was raised by a single mom. To, um, I'm the middle child of three, um, and my mom, um, single parent to three, she had us at a um, young age. She was a teenage mom, actually. Um, 
with her three kids. And as a result of that, my mom did not finish high school initially um, because she um, she had to drop out to take care of her kids, working two and three jobs just to make sure ends meet. Um, as a result of me staying focused and finishing school, my mom um, went back to school and actually got her high school. Once we became grown, she got her high school diploma and is now actually a, um, a student at the very college that I am up for termination for. So she's a student at San Diego City College. And it's amazing. I mean, just hearing your story, I go from goosebumps to just total despair for what you're going through. I mean, what an amazing journey. You are a professor of mathematics. And right now your mom, uh, went. she was inspired by you. She went back, yeah. got her high school diploma, and now she's a student at your college, the same college that wants to fire you. Um, What's what's going to be happening uh, next week? What, what are you going to be uh, at a hearing? Um, next week is actually my Skelly hearing, um, and that is the hearing um, that we are, I am entitled to before the termination process. Um, and for me, it's just a checkoff list. I believe uh, just like the three employees who were terminated a couple of weeks ago, um, the the mind of our district is already made up. This is just protocol, so there are no lawsuits. Um, as a result of not giving us a Skelly hearing. So um, my hearing is scheduled for next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Um, I have, an, I think, about an hour to hour and a half for this meeting. And then I w- following that meeting, I ha- um, the district has 10 days to respond with their recommendation. Um, and then once that happens, there's a board meeting on, May, on, excuse me, on March 2nd that I will be able to to speak at one more time. I'll have five minutes, mm-hmm. just only five minutes to speak before the board before they make their final recommendation. Do you feel supported right now by the teachers union? Um, I don't, I do not feel as supported. I feel like all around there has been no support. Um, to be honest with you, um, and not even merely checking on, on those of us who are in our, our position and unvaccinated and just coming up with a game plan. I am now working with um, um, someone from the union who just, I just mentioned that as of yesterday, I'm starting to feel much better with my support, but from November up until yesterday, I have felt not, not support at all. And I am a union PAN member. I'm a part of the union and I pay my dues faithfully. Um, And the support or lack thereof, I'm very, um, it's shocking to say the least. However, comma, um, the stories I've been hearing I'm not surprised. I'm just doing my best. I have a lot going on. I am <laughs> currently pregnant and I'm, and I'm high risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stress of the hearings and the back and forth and the threat and the lack of support and, and all of this has just caused more stress and anxiety on me. And I'm doing my best as a first time mom to manage everything that I can. It, it is heartbreaking to me. And when I spoke with the chancellor today on the phone, I shared with, you know, the, the real life people and the real life stories. I think that's sometimes what gets lost in all of these vaccine mandates behind all of these vaccine mandates are people who are losing their livelihoods and are, have yes. been under incredible, horrible stress for not six yes. months, not a year, but years, which absolutely you have a religious absolutely. exemption. And I was wondering, do you want yes. to share with you like the reasoning behind your religious exemption? Yes, I, I want to start with the religious exemption. I would like to say, so although I worked on a religious exemption for the year 21-22, I 
I've been back and forth with not knowing what's going to happen since COVID hit. And that was, uh, I, think, I believe, March of 2020. March of 2020, once COVID hit, I worked my butt off to transition within a matter of a week. No training, by the way, no training. Mm-hmm. I worked along with my colleagues. We worked our butts off to transition from working in, um, on campus to fully remote, fully online. There were some teachers who retired as a result of not being able to handle the technology component, mm-hmm. but worked so hard in my dual role as a math professor and director of math center to get all my classes online 100%. And not only that, transform our, we only had a face-to-face tutoring services prior to COVID, transforming our tutoring services 100% remote with my tutors and my staff, we worked hard to do all of that. And without support from the district, like I said, there were no, no meetings, no, no training. I had to pretty much figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. And so since, since then, I worked from home, um, and I've been working from home, teaching classes remotely via Zoom and, and basically complying with every single thing um, that the district has asked me to do. Um, and, and when we got to the, the, the um, period of, of the vaccines, when they were introduced, um, I was able to, I, I applied for a religious exemption. The first time it got approved, the very first time I applied for a religious exemption, I did not have to state why I was, um, what, was what were my beliefs, right? I felt like uh, I was approved right away. Then they had to go to a, to a second round of exemptions where I had to pretty much, I felt like I was on trial, I felt like I had to plead my case and explain my faith and, and why I'm a Christian and what I believe that God, I truly believe that, that, um, I truly believe that if I, um, as, as a Christian, I shouldn't have to plead my case as to why I have my personal to me. Like it's, it's a shame that I am in this position right now. And, and so I, anyways, I did that. I wrote my letter. I, I, um, I sent in my letter. It got, it got denied. And then I, I, w- I had a choice of sending an email saying I would like to appeal this. I appealed this, and within, I want to say, minutes, it got approved. So my point is, I was able to go from a denial to an approval without having to write another letter. And then the third time around, we were instructed to not reapply. They were going to, they were going to reexamine what we submitted the second time around to see if our exemptions would be accommodated. And that's when... I was no longer accommodated. So, so the loophole is, oh, we, we, we um, approve your religious exemption, however, comma, we're not gonna, we, we can no longer accommodate you. And my question is, why am I no longer being able to be accommodated for the same work, for the same as that job? Mm-hmm. There's supposed to be an interactive process. I filled out a questionnaire, and the response that I got was, there was not an interactive process, by the way. It was just, you can work from home. You can't come to campus. You must test weekly. I was at one point, I was testing weekly, Amy, and I couldn't even go to campus, <laughs> but I complied. I complied. I was at home, but I complied because that was what we were scheduled to do. So all these changes in a matter of three, almost three years, I complied. Now I'm a fraternal termination due to quote unquote non-compliance, non-compliance. but I'm not, I'm, I have not, I've complied with everything. And so, um, as a result of that, I am where I am today um, in this situation where I am, again, I feel like my faith is on trial mm-hmm. and I am, I am back and forth with the district and their threats and, the terminate, and threatening to terminate myself and my colleagues. And we've worked our butts off. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a scaly hearing next week because of my performance. 
Mm-hmm. My performance is amazing. I have not had any issues with the San Diego Community College District. Thank I'm only up for termination because of my religious beliefs. That's right. And it shouldn't be that way. Dr. Kaiser, thank no. you so much for being with us. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk with some more whistleblowers from the San Diego Community College District. This is the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1 in North County and streaming all over the world. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. I am not Andrea K. I'm Amy Reichert. I'm the co-founder of Reopen San Diego. And Andrea asked me to step in tonight and guest host uh, tonight's broadcast. I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's real life stories from real life people right now who are being persecuted for their religious beliefs. And these are people from the San Diego Community College District. It's hard to believe, but yes, vaccine mandates are still a thing. I know, I know, it's 2023, but there's people who still think it's 2021. So tonight we've already had several guests who are actual employees, faculty, staff at San Diego Community College District, Some have been fired. Some are going through hearings right now. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in uh, to hear their stories. So my first guest tonight is Marie. Marie, you're on the air. Hi. How are you? Good. Great. Um, So uh, thank you so much, Amy, for calling attention to this. Firstly, I'm one of the three who were fired about, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I've been a full-time professor at Miramar College for 20 years. <laughs> and I, I have a Ph.D. in experimental research. I have taught anatomy and physiology. And um, and I've heard the other beautiful people, and they talk about a winch hunt and name-calling. We've been called anti-vaxxers, uh, science deniers. I mm-hmm. thought those were tricks of politicians, you know, not of educators, not, not of leaders. Mm-hmm. So I'm really... Um, saddened for the state of the San Diego Community College District is a complete failure of their leadership at the district level. And it's really, we, we all should be very concerned about what's going on. I agree. And as I shared earlier in the show, I had a Zoom meeting today with the San Diego Community College District Chancellor, Carlos Cortez. And when I pointed out that the CDC had updated its guidance, it says that the unvaccinated should be treated the same as the vaccinated, you know what he called me? He called me fake science. He said I was misinformation. And I, I, I was I said, excuse me, why are you calling me names? I'm just referring to the CDC. So sounds like that is the way that you've been treated as well. So when did this all start for you? What did they ask of you initially? Well, I think the same protocol. You know, you, you tick a box to say, yeah, I'd like to apply for a religious exemption. My first one was approved. And just like Tracy was saying, then that wasn't good enough. You have to write an essay about why your religious beliefs prevent you from taking this. So I thought that was a total invasion of my privacy. But I'm also I know this is the this is where we cut our teeth and stand up for our faith. So I wanted to say, well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you I'm a Christian. And this is and I gave all the reasons why. 
I didn't want to take it, and God supported that decision, and it was approved. Now, the loophole is they they approve your exemption, and then they tell you they can't accommodate you. It's just like the witch hunt. They throw you in the water, and if you think you're okay, and if you float, they, they have to fire you, right? So we were told um, we were too high of a risk to be on campus, Mm-hmm. And we couldn't do our jobs online, even though we'd been doing them online for a year and a half, two so years. Right? I, I think you're going to appreciate this little tidbit. So today on the Zoom, um, I I did ask the the chancellor. I I said I have heard, and I was wondering if you could confirm for me that you have tested positive from with COVID several times, possibly three or four times. Oh, he got mad. He immediately shut down and he said, that's none of your business. And Ah. I said, well, the district's policy right now is to ask people their religious beliefs. You're asking for my religious belief. And then because I said my, he said, you're not my employee. Ah. And I said, okay, well, I am reopened San Diego. I'm a co-founder and we advocate for your employees when you're not. And so... Mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was uh, very interesting, very revealing, and I, I want to kind of like ease into like the political angle a little bit because it, right. it felt political. Today, uh, during my conversation with the chancellor, he mentioned how I ran against Nathan Fletcher, and he, uh-huh. called, he, he called me an extremist. <gasps> I know, right? Shock. So I said, extremist? Why are you name calling me? And I asked him, why am I extremist? And he wouldn't answer. Right. And uh, anyway, it was it's very interesting. This does seem to be political. Um, He did follow up in an email with me and he said that uh, he looked at my campaign website and he said that uh, my beliefs are extreme because uh, they're not in sync with most Americans or San Diegans. So that's the box that he's putting you in. I was wondering, have you heard anything else from leadership or anybody else that kind of like, you kind of like, hmm, you know what, this feels political. There's other some kind of motivation. Well, the thing is that they, they live in the bubble. San Diego Community College District lives in the bubble, headed by the very fragile emotionally and leadership-wise, Carl, Carl, Carl Cortez. You can kind of see how he is immediately defensive. You can't talk to be called a science denier and then he won't engage in science. It's Mad Hatter speak up is down, down is up, contrary wise. But they think they can get away with it because that's not true leadership. It's being a bad politician as being a tyrant because I'm, I'm a faculty member in the classroom. You work to resolve things. I was academic senate president for four years. I know what resolving issues means. You have to work hard. You have to roll up your sleeves and compromise and do all sorts of hard work. But if you're a tyrant, you don't. You're, you're way or the highway. And it's not even his way. He's, he's, been, he's been put up to it. I, I think there's other things at play here, Amy. I think that it's um, being, I don't think the board of trustees nor the chancellor or the people who work in the district actually are even able, if they wanted to, to be good leaders. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's become politicized totally so that they've just been given marching orders, right? Because if you had real legitimate concerns, you would be able to express them. At first, we were all told we couldn't come on campus because we would infect everyone. And then uh, they just about faced in the middle of it and said, no, 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 
you'll get sick. So, like, we aren't even allowed to get sick. He's He bragged at a board meeting, Carlos Cortez, of being getting COVID four times. So that's public knowledge. Oh, okay. So he stated that publicly. Thank mm-hmm. you. And they said they ought to give him an award. So he can, they can all laugh and, <sighs> and hug each other and have a joke about how many times they've gotten COVID. I, all my sick leave got taken when I was never sick. I've never had a sick day in, in 23 years. So, <laughs> but I could get sick. You know, it's just, silliness it it, it really it really is silly so in my conversation with him i i said hey when i asked him how many times he had covid and there you go you're stating that during a board meeting he admitted to testing positive for covid four times i told him i've never had covid and he said well how do you know you've never had covid and i said well because i've not had the symptoms of covid and i don't test for illnesses or diseases i don't have Exactly. Or symptoms I don't have. Exactly. And so I, I wasn't exactly an angel, I have to admit to you, Marie, during the Zoom meeting with the Chancellor Cortez. So here's where I, I kind of pushed back uh, a little bit. I said, well, you know, since, you know, it, it's out there that you have uh, tested positive for COVID three or four times, and you're claiming that the unvaccinated are a public safety risk, is it you that's the public <laughs> safety risk? I think that's a fair question. And then that's when he went sideways and ballistic on me and started calling me fake science and misinformation right. and an extremist. And then he brought politics in the conversation when I never even mentioned it. So I'm getting a little taste, just a tiny yes. of what you've been through, Marie. Look, it's unbelievable. And I, I just for the record, to protect myself, someone said they were going to give him an award for so many times he'd had COVID. So I, I will... I will be safe on that venture saying I can't remember the exact number of times, but they said he'd had COVID so many times they ought to give him an award. And that's all very funny, right? And they're all laughing and we're losing our livelihoods. Mm-hmm. We're, losing, we're losing our careers. I've lost my 23. I've been fired. They fired me with no just cause. No yeah. due process. No, I know it's Nothing. totally it's, unfair. It's totally- I know. I know. It's a uh, I, I have an idea. We're going to give uh, Chancellor okay. Cortez an award. We're going to give him the Super Spreader Award. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk to more whistleblowers right here on the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1 in North County and streaming all over the world. Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Hey everybody, this is Amy Reichert, co-founder of Reopen San Diego. Andrea is out on a beach somewhere and taking a break. She asked me to guest host tonight and tonight's topic, we're going to cover what's happening and what's really behind the vaccine mandates at the San Diego Community College District. You see on January 19th, three people were fired. Uh, faculty members, these are people that have been with the district for decades in some cases. And now they plan to fire six more, March 2nd, and on and on it goes. They plan to roll out this tyranny forever. Uh, they, uh, In the words of Chancellor Carlos Cortez, they have no plans in changing the vaccine mandate policy moving forward, even though we've been told for the past three years to follow the science. So... It's uh, confusing times when academics themselves are not following the science, but I guess we're all used to that now, uh, living through all of this. So tonight, what I want to bring to you right now, everyone that's listening, I want to bring you people's stories. 
the real people who have been bullied and shamed and discriminated against, literally persecuted for their religious beliefs, and now they're being threatened with losing their lives and their livelihoods. I want to thank DJ Potato Skins for being in the booth tonight and helping me out with this. This is the very, very first time I have ever hosted a radio show. I know it. I have to say, I'm having a blast. Thanks, Skins. Goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. And I also want to give a shout out to uh, Reopen San Diego co-founders, Allie Hartman, who's listening tonight, and Diane Ake. Thank you so much for standing up. So tonight, we're we're going to open up the phone lines at the end. If you want to call in to 1-888-344-1170, I'd love to hear from you. They were lit up the last hour. I'm sure they'll be lit up now. Our next guest is Carlos. Carlos has been with the San Diego Community College District for over three decades, and we're going to hear his story. Hey, Carlos, how you doing? Amy, how are you? Nice to be, nice to be in your show today. Thank you for being here. We've had several com- conversations over the past few months about what you're going through, and I just want to give you the mic literally right now and just share your story. Okay, sure. Thank you. And, and by the way, um, you're right. You, you can tell that you this is your first time doing this show. You've done a great job. So, Aw, thank you. Maybe, <laughs> so uh, my story begins with, with this particular part. Very much like the people that have already talked before me, we've been having to apply and reapply for our um, religious exemptions. And the process um, got really convoluted when we had to reapply for the second time, uh, because at that time, we were told that we would have an accommodation where no one was actually in school because everybody was on lockdown, that we had to go to the campus sites, whichever one of the district sites you, we were close to, to get tested for something that you, know, you don't have and you go, go back home to do your work online to be able to keep your accommodation. So I ask you, how, how is that making any sense? And, and, you know, they were threatening at the time that anybody that doesn't comply will unfortunately go under the disciplinary process and potentially be terminated for that too. So, or, or you know, lose your assignment, go on, they put you on leave, and then, of course, the termination process. So, you know, from that point on, you're realizing things are just not right. And I tried to actually reason with people that were involved in this particular process. I really did. There's a very good example. I've been the department member until very recently of my um, math department for over 26 years. This would be number 27. Wow. Um, To be able to do that, by the way, and anybody that has been a department member, like, for example, Marie, that was just before me, um, they will tell you the amount of work and sacrifice and toil that it, that it takes to do it for that long. And my faculty actually were the ones that voted me every two years. We'll just keep having Carlos because, you know, Carlos is able to do the job type of thing, right? So <clears throat> when um, we were trying to reason with people about this, I have a faculty member who lives in Temecula. He will never come to campus. For example, in my case, and I even, you know, try to tell them, you know, fine, as a chair, I'm sure I'll have to come to campus. I am going to comply. I'm not going to have a problem with this. Let's just go forward. But people, for example, that didn't even live in San Diego, that they were never going to go to campus, they still had to go 
and get tested for something that they were never going to go to campus for in the first place. So, you know, how, how is that not intrusive? And I pointed this out, how is that not intrusive in someone's personal life? Right. And at that time, kind of like the, the going re- response to that is where well, we're trying to do this for the community. Perfect. Right. Not a problem. That's always do the excuse. We're doing this for public health and safety, and then they won't yeah. explain why. It's uh, But here's and, the deal. Yeah. Here's the deal with this, Amy. Uh, in nowhere in the charter of a community college district, code, does it say that we're a public health agency for something that is an ongoing circumstance? We are a site where, for example, if there would be an earthquake, we would be, have to be there to help the community. But that's for certain something of that nature. We're not a public health agency to carry out medical interventions when we're dealing with something like, in this case, this pandemic. So, well, course, yeah, so no you bring up a great point. You know, I keep going back to my Zoom call with the, the chancellor, a different Carlos, not you, Carlos, but Chancellor Carlos uh, <laughs> Cortez. And, uh, you know, just pointing out the inconsistencies and we just we're just yeah. asking them to make it make sense. Right now, there is not a student vaccine mandate for, for kids to, to go to college, but right now they're doing it to uh, the professors and the teachers, and we're just asking them to make it make sense. Well, you know, you, you mentioned something that absolutely is, is we pointed this out multiple times, how inconsistent this is. Tracy Kaiser, who you just had on your show a few um, guests ago, she's the director of the Math Center, and she's right. They did really work hard to try to put everything online. But now when we were starting to move back on campus, there wasn't a lot of demand for on campus, by the way, okay? Even so, people were being forced to go back on campus to try to give services on campus. Fine. But at that time, when the vaccine mandate came out, most of our tutors also happened to be in, uh, students. For example, they could be in my, in my classes, right? In my calculus or higher classes, whatever. And they also didn't, she told me, they didn't want to get, some of them didn't want to get vaccinated. And unfortunately, she would have to let them go. However, mm. if they're in my math class, they can go to the math center as students to receive help from tutors that, for example, would be vaccinated. But they can't go to the math center as tutors to help others with their math. <laughs> so can anybody help explain some of these types of things? Because they kind of elude me, to be honest with you. What else have you seen that just doesn't make sense? Well, certainly the reapplying of these exemptions when we have other faculty that have been granted medical exemptions, for example. There was another person, one of your callers, who was a chair of her department just recently. She was taken out of her assignment and the person that eventually took over that assignment as chair was another unvaccinated person that had a medical exemption. So they're, they're making that's accommodations that's for, for people with medical exemptions, yeah. which they should yeah. under the yeah. Americans well, yeah, uh, with Disabilities Act, but they're exactly. not making Correct. accommodations for those with a religious exemption, which, by the way, in, in my view, I'm not an attorney, but it does feel a lot like uh, it's unconstitutional. And I'm so glad that you guys do have a 
lawsuit right now. A lot of times I will bring up uh, this issue and people are like, they ought to sue. I'm like, well, they are suing. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just want to thank you so much for fighting the good fight. Uh, it, you know, we just have like about 30 seconds left. Is there anything you'd like to let people know? Well, yes, that when someone stands up for what they believe in, no one else should be questioning someone else's conscience. I have absolutely no right or ability to question your conscience, Amy. Your mm-hmm. conscience is your own. To put yourself in the position where you're judging someone else's conscience is very dangerous. And the precedent that it, that it brings up is absolutely, honestly, going into tyranny. There's no way I can judge you for what your conscience tells you. That's really my message. Yeah. Uh, these vaccine mandates are absolutely un-American and unscientific. We're going to be coming back in a little bit. I just want to encourage everybody to call into the show, one 344 1170 We'll be taking your calls. We're going to take a break right now, and, we, and when we get back, we'll take those calls. This is the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1, North County, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Oh, we love Andrea Kay, but she's not here. I am guest hosting tonight. My name is Amy Reichert. I'm the co-founder of Reopen San Diego. And if you want some more information about calls to action, about what's going on and how we can keep San Diego open and fight back against these vaccine mandates, I just want to encourage you, go to reopensd.org. That's reopensd.org and sign up for our email newsletter. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so go up there and like it. And uh, we're getting a couple calls in here. Phone lines are lighting up. And our first caller is Allie Hartman. Allie, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah, I sure can. Allie, everybody, is the co-founder of Reopen San Diego, right along with me and Diane Ake. And Allie, what do you think about all these vaccine mandates? Well, I just want to say that um, I am a proud San Diego Community College graduate. I went to Mesa College and Grossmont College. I had amazing instructors at those, those colleges. And I've always had the highest respect. But I would say this is so disappointing to see how the administration is treating their teachers and instructors. It, it just makes me sick. And I am so proud of all the educators that are taking a stand and do it, you know, standing up really for all of us. Because if somebody doesn't stand up, we all lose. So I'm, I'm so proud of them. I've always been proud of the instruction I got at the community colleges in San Diego. And I I just, honestly, Amy, I can't believe what's happening. I cannot believe that here we are in 2023. The CDC even is, you know, has admitted a long time ago that these vaccines don't stop transmission. So why, what logical point could there be to have a vaccine mandate? It it doesn't make sense. And as as you know, because you're the co-founder of Reopen San Diego along with me, is we just won in federal court. We literally just beat the pants off of the city of San Diego because they passed an unconstitutional, unlawful ordinance, a law, 
that banned the unvaccinated from holding elected office. That's wildly unconstitutional. They also banned volunteers. They banned people from sitting on board and commissioners and sadly, our first responders. So, Allie, thank you so much for everything that you've done for fighting the good fight. And we've had some victories. And as you know, this thing's not over. So we're going to keep fighting. Uh, our next caller is going to be Patty. And Patty, how are you doing? Tell me your story. Hi, I'm doing well. And first, I want to say thank you for bringing light to this. It's imperative that people know that good, amazing, hardworking, loving your students, your children, educating, getting classrooms ready uh, for them and to be treated like a second class citizen. Another point of clarity is that Grossmont Queemaca Community College District still has the mandate in place. They're just not enforcing it. I personally went back to work on July 5th. I've been in my office working with, um, you know, my colleagues, and um, it's no math, no testing, nothing, and it's business back to normal. However, that dark cloud is hanging over our heads. I mean, it could, and Jim Mailer does represent faculty at uh, Grossmont as well. Um, I don't know why our district has decided not to push, but my heart is with every one of the people that have called tonight because I know them personally and they are truly amazing, wonderful people. And it just, it breaks my heart. Thank you so much for mentioning that. And that's what we all have to remember that behind all the viciousness of these vaccine mandates where people have lost their livelihoods and their careers and many people have been denied promotions, um, that there's people behind this real people. And it's just been excruciating And it's been so unkind. And as you've listened throughout the broadcast to the the people that have called in that have been affected by these terminations and who are facing terminations is these are people from all walks of life. Absolutely. You know, and even at Grossmont Cuyamaca, they sent me home without pay. Um, I'm still struggling to pay those bills. I mean, they what these districts have done to their employees is nothing to what they've done to the students. I mean, Students have lost a um, substantial amount of time um, not being able to further their careers in education and, and, and literally just thumbing progression for employees, for students, and, and all for a vaccine that does not prevent the transmission, does not prevent you from getting it. And on top of it, it's claim to fame in reality is that it helps with the severity of symptoms. Whereas if I had cancer, it, can the district force me to go on chemotherapy? No, they cannot. And uh, the other hypocritical stance that they've taken, of course, is the emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And as yeah. we've had the, the, the people that have called in that are actual staff members, again, they're from all walks of life. People who uh, come from a Muslim background, Christians. Um, we had uh, a, a professor of mathematics who just happens to be a black woman. We had a Latina single mom. I mean, this is just flies in the face of, uh, quite honestly, Chancellor Carlos Cortez when he called me a uh, an extremist. It just really flies in the face of, of the reality that he is he is hurting the people that he claims he wants to protect. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been called an anti-vaxxer. I've been called a Trump supporter. I've been called all kinds of 
um, ugly things um, via email, which I reported to HR, which nothing was done. Um, and, and you know what? I get it. I get the fear factor of COVID, and, and I understand that. But there's enough medical science out there, the real truth, and with admissions from CDC, that it doesn't prevent the transmission or prevent you from getting it. The, yes, and Dr. Rochelle Walensky has, has stated as such that what the COVID-19 vaccines can no longer do is prevent infection or transmission. And apparently, if you quote the CDC, you're going to be called misinformation and fake science and an extremist. So that's <laughs> yeah. where we are so, in the world. Right. And I, I'll tell you, it's not misinformation. And eventually, more and more information will come out. And I think... Um, the only thing we can tell these districts is that they've been complicit. Yes. Thank the- you. Thank you so much, Patty. This has been the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego FM 96.1, North County and streaming all over the world. Oh, yeah. I got to tell them about Iron Mountain. They're just the best peeps ever. And I'm going to miss them next week. PJ and Dapper Dan at Iron Mountain Outfitters. These are my peeps out there that provide the best gear out there for everybody. If you're in the trades or even if you're not and you just need some great hardworking gear, that's where you got to go to Iron Mountain Outfitters. They've got particularly the Carhartt pants. They've got they are so long lasting and long wearing that they are the best working pants that you could get. They have so many sizes and different colors and styles. It takes up the whole wall there. But they've also got Filson and Browning. They've got hats. They've got jackets. I may be going to a beach area, but it's actually going to be low 60s So uh, there. So I'm actually going to be taking my hoodie because it's February. It's still cold. So I'm going to go lay on a beach, but I'm going to be wearing my my little my little uh, Sherpa-lined hoodie. But Oh, that reminds me. Somebody stopped me the other day on the street and asked me where I got that. And I told them that I got it at uh, Iron Mountain. Um, I don't know how many they have left of the Sherpa-lined hoodies. So run, do not walk to 8493 Lemesa. Boulevard, 8493 La Mesa Boulevard, uh, if you want to get one of the Sherpa line hoodies, because I don't know many how many they have left. Yeah, but I they keep got, hearing you talk about how long-lasting these Carhartt pants are. I think I want to go down there and check that out myself. Well, you should go check it out, and, they, and, and they're a great value, because they're not only priced lower than what you would get on the internet, but um, they're also great value because they last so long. And but be but be like my brother-in-law. Have some that you, if, you, if you're a working man, have some that you wear to work. Because uh, you might get something on them, oh, you like, know me. But then, but but if you're a dandy like my man Skins, then you want and you just want to wear it look good and have them last long. Uh, then you keep them separate from if you're a working man. So I think Tom Dell would do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, does Tom Dell wear anything but button down? Oh, shirts? that's actually that's a really good point. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, if you're listening, PJ, uh, love you guys at Iron Mountain, and I'm going to stop in and say hi to you guys when I get back from the beach. Run, do not walk to Iron Mountain Outfitters. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.